This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, that wasn't great, was it? Deary, deary, deary me. Arsenal won, Fulham won. Welcome, hello to the Guna Talk. Back in with you guys for another show. After Arsenal have drawn 1-1 with Fulham uh, in, in what was a, just you know, just a classic, classic kind of this season Arsenal. It's this Arsenal from this season has just let us down time and time again. And it happened again today. It happened again today. Um, I mean, Fulham defended, they created a couple of chances and one was a penalty, which they scored. And once again, we had massive chances to win this game and we didn't score them again. How many times has this been the story? How many times have we been here where we've had, we've come to the end of a game, we've not got what we wanted and we look back at it and go, we've created the, the chances We've created the moments to win this game and we've not taken them. Once once again, that is what's so frustrating. And to be fair, if you watched the watch along with Hugh, I usually, to be fair, and in the West Ham game, I remember going absolutely mad when we scored that equaliser. I didn't go mad today. I did not go mad when we scored that equaliser. There's a couple of reasons as to why. One, because of the situation and the fact that it was too late and I knew that we weren't going to come back and I'm not going to massively celebrate a draw like that, I just just not not really my thing um, in that sense. I really, <clears throat> really, really didn't fancy going mental at that. Like, yes, great, we scored, but the, in that moment, I was so frustrated, so frustrated with uh, the the way the way in which the team celebrated that goal. And Nketiah celebrating that goal. And first of all, I hold my hands up. I've criticised Nketiah a lot. And he came on, missed a couple of big chances himself. Really poor touch for a chance that we had um, in right at the end where the ball was played over the top. He had a chance where he could have dinked it over the keeper, missed it. Takes that chance. Fair play to you, mate. You've come on and you scored. You've done the job we needed. But the thing is, don't celebrate that like you did there. Grab the ball. Run back to the halfway line, get in position, and try and get the second goal. We need a win. A draw does nothing. 
We've gained nothing. Everton and Spurs both dropped points. Arsenal could have effectively overtaken Everton next weekend had we beat them and won today. And yeah, we dropped points. That And that's the culture problem that we've got. And that's the challenge that Arteta has, is trying to change this culture, change this team. It's not going to happen in a year. been saying it since day one. It's not going to happen in one summer window. You're not going to change the culture. It's going to be a gradual process. And that right there, that celebration of the goal, for me, that epitomised some of the issues in the season. That epitomised the problems that we can see. And I don't, no coach is changing that in this short space of time. Um, it's, I'm sorry, but no, I don't, I don't care about the situation. I don't care about the emotions of your goal. I get it. He comes on. He hasn't played in a while. He hasn't scored in a while. But first and foremost, you play for the badge on the front, not the name on the back. And you need to grab that ball. You run to the halfway line. You get back with it because that's the mentality that we need. And I bet Arteta was screaming. They, they must have been screaming at them to get back because that's it's just, no. Nah. It's none of this, like, let him celebrate. No, that's the wrong mentality. And it's ironic because I'm seeing people say let him celebrate. The same people that have talked about Arteta being an issue, the same people that are saying let him celebrate, Maya and saying that I'm not ambitious enough, and the people saying let him celebrate. Hi hypocrites. Hypocrites, seeing them everywhere. Hypocrites. I'm sorry, but it's not. It's not. A, it's not good enough. And we need to go. And we need to score our chances earlier on. Martinelli. People have been crying out, myself included, to see Martinelli play. And he had some really big chances today. And he's not taken them. And this is what I'm saying about hyping this guy up and why Arteta has been reluctant to give him consistent starts because he is still a kid. He is still raw. He is still not. Anywhere close to the finished article of what we know this kid can be. He is going to be a huge talent. I have no doubts about this. But right now, right now, Martinelli is still a kid. He's still developing. He's still getting better. And this is why we've not seen him be the guy to take us forward. He's not on the level of Saka. He's not, for me, on the level of Smith-Rowe. He hasn't got those performances in him on a consistent basis as those two have. And that's why he's been used sparingly at this point. He's got performances where he can really light up the place. He can't do it every game yet. He can maybe have an appearance where he's going to look amazing. But you can't, for me, count on him to every single week turn up and be the finished article yet. He just he needs more time. He needs to develop more. And that's why we need to give him a bit of time. And that's why we've seen Arteta be reluctant with him. I want to get your thoughts and feelings after the game. Obviously, tell me how you're feeling about the season. Tell me your feeling about this game. For a lot of people, the league was done. For a lot of people, they're saying, I'm not fussed about the league. I want to see rotation. I want to see us play the kids. I want to see us rotate. Our focus should be on the Europa League. And yet still, we've seen an absolute meltdown from the fan base again on the socials. People throwing up comments left, right and centre. If the league was done and you weren't bothered about it, why are you so upset is what I'd say. I'm upset because I really was fussed about the league. I was, I'm upset because I thought we had a chance to really push. If we'd have won this game and won it against Everton, we could be in a much healthier position. But it's not happening. It's not happening for us. And they, Spurs, Everton, Liverpool, West Ham, all these teams are going to be licking their lips at the fact that they have seen us drop points. Because if we'd have won and got a run together of wins, it really would have started to worry them. And that's now been scuppered. That's one of our, what we would describe as one of our more, much more winnable games. We've cost ourselves here. And that's really frustrating. And once again, it's like, I keep on saying this, like we rely on the kids. We're relying on kids 
to drag us out of these situations. Saka, Smith-Rowe, even Martinelli, we've talked about and criticised a bit today. We've talked about other young players like Tierney and Gabriel this season are young. And it's our experienced players. It's our 26-plus-year-old players that have let us down this year because we're relying on the kids to drag us through. And that's a problem. It's a really, really, really big problem. So have a look at what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Spiral Sam says, Tom, the club manager need to stop relying on the Europa League every season in this process. Poor league standing for two seasons because of this club. Club is going down here and domestically, this proves it. Uh, Cayman Gunnar says, if it wasn't done, it is now. Ansgar says, I don't care that much. Champions League was not an option, in my opinion. Europa League still is regardless. Suraj says, games like these highlight the importance of Partey. No, Thomas. No parte. Yo-Yo says, does it worry you that the uh, that the manager, uh, the attacks are rarely sustained unless the opposition purposely forfeit possession? Um, purposely forfeit possession? Who purposely forfeits possession? That's a weird statement. Uh, I don't think anyone purposely forfeits possession because that would be, well, that would go against what you're doing. Accidentally forfeiting possession is a different thing. Um but I think the fact that we created, once again, created the chances to win the game. Did we take them? No, we're being let down again by poor finishing. It's really, really frustrating. Kevin S says, we played like a preseason friendly, but still should have won 3-0. Fulham was so, so poor, and it wasn't a pen for me either. Okay, let's hear about this in the chat box. Do you think it's a pen? Do you think it's offside? I, don't, I think it's still level, even if they actually measure from the right place. I still think he's onside. But the fact that they didn't and the fact that we'll never know if he really was onside or not is a big problem. I don't know if you saw this, that when they were drawing the lines, they did not draw it in the right place. I, as I say, it's not, be, it's not me being salty. I'm not being salty about it because I still think he was probably onside. But it's the problem of the fact is that they didn't draw it in the right place. You could say from the offside that we had ruled out, they didn't again... Did they measure it from the right place? Was it from the point at which he's played the ball? Would he be offside? This is a really big, big problem. And the VAR officials are getting things wrong and are doing things incorrectly. And it's costing teams. It's costing teams. But did you think it was a pen? I thought it was a stonewall pen, to be honest, at the time. I really did. I thought it was an absolute stonewall pen. <laughs> it was my honest reaction. I really thought it was going to be a case whereby his leg's gone out, he's kicked the ball away, he's stuck his leg in, he's clipped his toe, he goes over, penalty. Absolute clear penalty. Um, let's see what you guys are saying, though, because I know there was a lot of people who didn't feel that it was a pen uh, whatsoever. Uh, Matt Thornton says, no, it was a dive. Uh, Dan Roberts says it was a pen uh mandy says no one used the we are focusing on the europa league excuse please uh yo, -Yo says it was a soft penalty uh mp doom says never a pen rancid says it was a penalty daniel robert says gabriel gives the ref the decision to make doug says var is a scam um sue says bro i don't get how you were so calm after the goal was ruled out for that non-existent offside that was the worst decision i've now seen from var it absolutely ruined the game for me after that. Susie, the reason I was so calm was I thought, even with it being ruled out, I'm assuming you're talking about the first one. I was so calm because I'm so used to this being the case. I'm so used to this being peddled that the VAR is working and it's not being used properly. I'm so used to it by now that I'm, I'm, my anger's done. I'm done with being annoyed at VAR. I'm done with getting angry at VAR because I know it's going to screw me over. I know it's not going to change. I know it's not going to improve because nothing does. Nothing improves it. It doesn't change. So why, why would I waste negative energy getting angry about it? 
There's too many other worse things going on in the world to me to get angry about VAR, a thing that I know I have no control over. I can't change it, and I know that it's going to keep making on mistakes. I know. I can get frustrated by it. I'm not going to get angry about it. So that's why I've remained calm in that instance. Um, Omele says, if he's onside, uh, so was Saka. It was a pen then. Mike Hernandez says, don't think it was a pen. Ishak says, loving the green screen, Tom. Really appreciate the support, mate, as always. Um, yeah, I'm not loving the way they drew the lines either. Uh, Pranjal says, should have won VAR and the ref. So many excuses. How long will we say that? Yeah, we should have won. Like, we were the better side. We created more chances. We missed some big ones. VAR and a big part to play in the game. But yeah, um, there's a couple of super chats I know I've missed. So let me just try and find them. One has completely disappeared off my screen, so I can't get there. So apologies if that was you. Please throw it in again, and I will. Well, I'll throw the comment in again if it was yours, and I'll read it out, not the super chat. Uh, Chris P says, can't wait for Wenger to get offside rule change. Should have been out of sight against the back five. Dubious pen, in my opinion, very soft. Big dive, but there was contact. Uh, Tom Hemmings says, VAR or not, we have enough time to win the game. And again, I agree with you. We, we can't blame this on VAR, this game. We can't blame it on VAR because we created the chances to win and we didn't take those chances. That's why we lost. That's why we lost the game. Uh, Matt Thornton says the quality drop in rotating is shocking. Okay, let's hear your thoughts about the rotation. Let's hear what you guys are thinking about this because Arteta says before the game that some players did not recover enough to be involved. Hence Pepe dropped, hence Partey dropped, hence Chambers dropped. What do we think about that? I can understand that. I get it. I understand that some players don't recover in time, that they've expended a lot of energy. There was a lot of players, obviously Partey and Pepe played against Sheffield United as well. And the issue is, is that our depth is not good. Our depth is really, really poor. And we have Xhaka at left back, obviously, but Ceballos and El Elneny as a midfield pairing is up there with one of the lower league, like one of the lowest in terms of how good. I mean, Lamina and Angisa in the midfield is would you rather have Lamina and Angisa in the midfield over Elneny and and Ceballos, because I think there's a fair few people that might. Um, and that's the situation, is that our depth is awful. Depth is so, so poor right now. So, so poor. Um, and I know a lot of people, Yonix says, I'd rather have Lamina and Ngisa. And that's the level that we're dealing with. That's the level that we've got, is that Fulham, a team sitting in 18th place in the Premier League, have a better midfield in this game than we do. How is that acceptable? How has our recruitment got us to this level where we are dealing with a midfield worse than Phillips? That's And we're expected to try and dominate the game with a midfield. I understand the situation. We've got no Tierney, so Xhaka can't play in the midfield. And I think Xhaka moving to left back is a good decision. It's clearly working. Partey needed the rest, apparently, because he didn't recover well from... And we know the injury issues that Partey has had this season, so I'm not surprised he was rested. But, man, like, it's just the depth is so, so poor. Baldiv, uh, sorry that I missed your super chat, mate. He says, cup team, cup manager, worst joint defeats at home in the league. If we don't win the Europa League, we riot. Uh, Chris P, thank you ever so much for another super chat, mate. Holding and Marie, please, not liking the green screen. It may distract from the lippy. <laughs> but my epileptic episodes are triggered to the max. Look, I think it's great. And I've received a lot of a lot of positive comments um, about it. And I appreciate the support for it. 
I think it's worked. Uh, we've got the tactical breakdown one. I've slowed it down. Uh, we've got a slowed down version of that. So that shouldn't be as much. It's kind of this sort of speed. So it's a much slower version. So it shouldn't detract away from what's going on the screen. Um, we're not winning the Europa League, says Rodney. Como says we need to talk about Hector Bellerin. What do we feel about Bellerin's performance? Because I don't know why Cedric's not played. I really don't get it. I understand that he had a massive error against Slavia Prague in the first game, and he's been utterly castrated, it seems, for it. But Bellerin has offered nothing, really. He's not had a re he's, he's only had a, a handful, if that, of really good games this season. And beyond that, he hasn't been great. So Cedric probably should have started this game. He's back, he got earned back into the Portugal national team. Why is he not starting? I don't know. It's a question for Arteta. Really, really frustrating. Really frustrating. JD Davidson says, uh, Bellerin out. Maybe they were trying to showcase him for the market. If they did, we've just lost some value. So uh, congratulations, guys. You've lost the value of Bellerin. Congratulations. Uh, Alexander, thank you so much for the super chat. There are chances to put a through ball and the midfield or defence passes backwards. That is where a great team and a mediocre team differ. Great channel. Thank you so much, Alexander. You're spot on. And that comes from the midfield, the base of the midfield, that we are limited with El, El Nini is honestly. I'm giving this a shout out. Matt Byron Adams, is that your name? <laughs> on Twitter, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Is the biggest fan of El Nini. I've seen he's, El Nini is his bio picture. Mark, I'm sorry, mate, but nah. I'm sorry, sir. He is... An or he's not awful, but he's solidly average. He's not Arsenal quality, and he should be sold because he gives us nothing. I get depth, right? I, I hear you, depth. Okay, he gives you he gives us depth. Well, I'm sorry, we needed depth today because we needed players to come in and replace those that weren't fit for the game, and the depth was not good enough. That's not a good enough answer anymore. Depth is not a good enough excuse to play these players. It's just poor. Fulham had a better midfield than us. That's unacceptable. Chris P says, loving it really, mate. Let's get some positives in the chat. Thought Ryan had a really good game. Finally, a keeper that goes up for corners. <laughs> and Ryan with the key pass <laughs> for the corner. I mean, it's been a pretty awful afternoon, but if you're going to take any positives from the game, Matt Ryan, I thought was a good one. Again, Arteta described him as a beast in training. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's fighting for a starting place. I thought his distribution was good. He was quick. He was on it. He rolled the ball out, I thought, exceptionally well a number of times. He dealt with situations where his passing out from the back was confident. The defence looked a bit more confident within there as well. I don't see why you would drop him at this stage. Um, does Leno come back in for you against Everton? Because I think it's questionable. I really, really do. Um, Calvin Cloet says, crazy how out of all the changes made, Matt Ryan was involved in our goal. I would love to know why Bellerin started over Cedric. You and me both, mate. JD says, playing Bellerin is just bringing down his value. Has Arteta not realised that by now, in spite of him consistently letting Arteta down? Uh, Peanut Butter Jelly Time says, Tom, are you worried with the amount of injuries we are getting? Losing Lacazette is huge. Losing Lacazette could could scupper any hope 
of that Europa League win. We've got a guy out in Aubameyang with malaria. I mean, our luck with injuries this season has been frantically... I mean, we're second behind Liverpool in how bad our injuries have been. They have been so, so poor. Losing Partey as much as we have in the early season. Losing Tierney for the games we've lost him. Losing our other key player, Lacazette, of course. Aubameyang's missed games. Aubameyang's attitude's been an issue as well, which means he's missed key matches. Also, in a situation where we've lost because of the pandemic, we've losing players through positive tests at times. Gabriel during the Chelsea match. I know that we won that game, but that period and that really affected his form. We have been unlucky with the players that we obviously lost because of injury and because of the pandemic hitting us. So I just, and now Lacazette going, I really, 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 I'm so ready for the season to be done. Like, I'm so ready for the season to be over. I never thought I'd really be saying that about an Arsenal season, but this has been, as Hugh described it on the watch along, easily my worst this has been my worst year supporting Arsenal. This is the lowest I've felt as an Arsenal fan. And if anything, that should tell you that it's not in my support of Arteta and wanting to give him the summer and, a, and another window. The fact that I know that this is the worst I've felt and seen us players and Arsenal, maybe not necessarily play, but certainly the results that we're picking up and the way that we finish has been the worst I've ever seen at the club. The finishing has been dreadful. But the fact that I still like, I want to see this succeed. I want to see it given a little bit more time. It for me that it's it's evidence of the fact that it's 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 level-headed thinking to the point of going, look, this is not solved in this amount of time because we have been declining for a long, long time, and it's going to take that time to turn things around. Uh, we've got another super chat coming in. Chris P, thank you so much. Playing in Ketia today increased his value. Uh, Usops says, Tom, sorry, but El Nenny was not the problem. Hey, mate, I'm not saying he was the problem. I'm not scapegoating him as a problem. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not scapegoating him as an issue. All I'm saying is that the issue with Del Nenny is that he is the next best in terms of who we bring in alongside Ceballos because Xhaka has to play left back. That's what I'm saying. He is not the reason we lost today. But he is a part and the contribution to the point where our output today was as low as it was. So don't misquote me in saying that I believe that El Nini is the issue. He encompasses a wider problem about how bad our depth is. But El Nini specifically, no. Pedro says, Tom, given that our depth is so poor, can we still attract better players to use as depth or will better players not come? Pedro, if football has taught me anything is that money talks and that players still go to teams no matter the size. You look at Thomas Partey, still comes to Arsenal. I have no doubt that we'll still get very decent players in the summer. No doubt about that whatsoever. Um, uh, Nodak says, uh, the league was a lost cause after the Burnley result. Bo says, seemed like a showcase of Bellerin and Nketiah today, which backfired. Dominic Harry says, yes, I joined you for the stream with Hugh, and now Hugh is on a rant, says he. <laughs> oh, Hugh, good old Hugh. <laughs> he does love a rant. Um, but yeah, just, no. I, I have empathy because... I couldn't celebrate the goal. Like, I really struggled to celebrate that. I was buzzing the fact that we got it. I mean, losing to Fulham would have been awful. Um, but it really, really frustrated me, the reaction to the goal and not the mentality of grab the ball, get up the end of the pitch, go again. You've got a minute left. Grab the ball, get it back, attack, try and score. Don't – don't. he held his hand up to his ear. Can you hear me, celebration? All I can hear – is mediocrity. That's what I can hear. That's the level that we're celebrating a 1-1 draw at home to Fulham, in which we've played 
average, and we've our finishing has been terrible. That's what I don't get. That's what I really and, and there's people with empathy for that, and I can't get my head around it. And it's the same people that are giving stick to Arteta are allowing and are okay with the fact that we celebrate a draw. It's hypocrisy at the highest level. At the highest level. It's just illegitimate. I just I can't I can't understand it. I don't get it at all. It makes no sense to me. Steve Stone says, I didn't celebrate a draw against Fulham. Uh, Yonick says, Nketiah probably doesn't see himself as an Arsenal player, to be fair to him. Uh, Arnold Alexander says, Arteta to blame change winning combinations. Again, at the start of the game, the changes were made because players didn't recover. We, it was taken out of his hands from what we're told. It wasn't a case. If we'd have played Partey and Pepe, they could have got injured for the games that we really need them for. So I'd, I understand. If there's a risk to the player, don't play them because we've got much more. And what's really annoying, what annoys me a lot is that I've obviously like, I get it that there's people that tune into the show that disagree with me. And I welcome that. I welcome the opposite view. I welcome that. You know that I do. We, I highlight opposite views. I highlight, I debate, I talk to you guys about opinions that I don't agree with. But what frustrates me, what really gets me is that there's the level of hypocrisy, not only for the Inketia celebration sort of things, and the fact that there are people okay with him celebrating and the team celebrating like that and a draw in a 1-1 draw against Fulham at home. Not only that, but the same people are frustrated with the fact that, that Arteta doesn't play two players that are an injury risk based off Thursday are the same people that have said that the league's done. The same people that said they're not fussed about the league, focus on Europa. The league is gone. There's no point... There's no point going in there. There's no point going into the game and going, oh, look, it's pointless. So, you know, and yet they still want to see Partey and Pepe play. I, don't, I can't fathom the level of hypocrisy. It doesn't compute in my mind. I don't get it. I really, really don't get it. Yo-Yo uh, you know, says the personnel that started the game was good enough to win. And that's why... What we did in the game, Yo-Yo, was enough to win the game. What we showed today was enough. We should have won. We should have taken the chances we created. We didn't. We gave away a penalty. We had lots of VAR involvements, things that we... Who knows if that was actually onside for the penalty because they didn't draw it in the right place. I think it probably was, but we'll never know. And that's a really, really big problem. Chris P, mate, I have no problem with Eddie celebrating when there's less than a minute to go. Hasn't played for months and happy that we didn't lose. I, I respect the view, Chris. I just, there's a minute left and there's still, teams have scored. Like you look at PSG today, 2-2 two, two down, 2-2 two, two down. They're, they concede in the last few minutes. 95th minute winner. Because they're focused. The mentality is different. And that's a problem for me. Uh, Yusuf, thank you again, mate. Uh, we give Eddie credit for getting in positions for the tap-in, but don't think he should be put into the first 11. Start Martinelli or Pepe up front if Aubameyang is still out. It worries me that Nketiah might be our starting striker. Really, really worries me. Joel says, Arteta needs to take blame. To hey, I'm not saying he's devoid of all blame. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that people turn around and go, and this is all Arteta's fault are wrong. That's what I'm saying. He takes blame for me because he shouldn't have played certain players. He should have put Balogun on the bench. Balogun should have been an availability for us. Elneny has consistently showed me. He should have played Cedric over Bellerin. Like, no, Arteta is not faultless. He is not without blame for this performance and some of the decisions that he made have cost us. And that's a, that's a real big problem. A real, real big problem. So... I, I, yeah, 
I, I don't I don't really really yeah there's there's it's not all about the thing it's not about saying oh, Arteta's perfect he's you know he's you can't blame him it's not about that it's about the measure it's about looking at what we did today in the whole context of the game and the fact of the matter is just like the Olympiacos game at home just like the Burnley game away just like the Slavia Prague game at home we should have won all those games and Arteta's system and tactics created the chances to win those games and we didn't take them. Arteta cannot physically kick the ball into the net. His system is creating the chances to win. We saw it with Martinelli. We saw it with Emil Smith-Rowe. We saw it with uh, Eddie Nketiah on a couple of occasions. We saw it with Lacazette. We saw it with Saka. We're creating the chances. They're just not taking them. And until we improve the quality, improve the consistency, improve the domination, we probably won't get that without improving the quality of the players. And that happens in the summer. It can't happen now. And our luck, I'm sorry, our luck is still a massive factor. If you you are blinkered, if you can't factor in the bad luck that is going on now, it's ridiculous. Getting players injured left, right and centre, VARs popping up in all these places, not drawing the lines in the right place. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But it's happening and it's frustrating. Um, Dion Gene says, why did Lacazette play after the KDB injury? Arteta is not. Because Lacazette recovered in time. Lacazette's fitness, they do fitness tests all the time. I think you're naive to think that they're not testing these players. The naivety comes from that view. He'd rested. That's what I don't get either, is that we're criticising him for starting Lacazette now, but there's criticisms for not starting Pepe and Partey. This is what this, the clash. It's unbelievable, the levels of hypocrisy. It's unreal. It's immeasurable. Uh, no sleep. Burnley just scored with a tight offside and VAR took less than 10 seconds to confirm it was offside. There you go. Kevin says, who plays up front without Aubameyang and Laka? I guess the options are Martinelli, Eddie, Balogun or Pepe right now. It's not Nketiah. It's, it's not Nketiah. You can't start Nketiah as I start in striker. He's not good enough. It's not good enough at all. Uh, Hilmi says, Bellerin's defending skill was so awful. Cayman says, did Arteta let the media sway his decision to play Martinelli over Pepe or was it a matter of Europa in the mid? It was the latter. He explained that it was the latter. Glenn Cook says, it's illogical, Tom. You will go crazy trying to understand it. I know I will, but I read the comments because I've, it's, it's an open platform. It's public. We're not going to censor people. We only censor the trolls. That's the only people that we censor because they're not welcome. But we, we, I'm welcoming the opposite view, but I'm within my right to criticise that view if I think it's ridiculous, which I think there are plenty of ridiculous players. Uh, Dominic Harris says, Tom, do you think Pepe should have started? No, I don't, because if he wasn't fit enough, why risk an injury? If it was deemed that he was not fit enough, then why risk him? They deemed, they do the test, they assess the players. All of them are tested before the game. Lacazette was deemed fit enough to start. Pepe wasn't. And that's on the medical team to make that decision and to advise the coach. So, no, he shouldn't have started. It's a fact. Fact of the matter is. So, he also says, Tom, big news about Arsenal and Europa, European Super League. Yeah, this is huge. This is absolutely massive. I'm probably going to do another show about this another day um, and talk about this a lot more. I'm going to get some guests on, I think, to talk about this as well because it's big. It could be the biggest bit of football news uh, for maybe even my lifetime. Um, if Do not underestimate... This news, because it is huge. Arsenal have signed up, supposedly, reportedly, to be one of the clubs involved in a European Super League, a breakaway, a challenge against UEFA's new Champions League revamp. This is not the Champions League revamp. This is separate. This is completely different. 
Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs and Manchester United have all signed up. Manchester City haven't. This is big. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's good for football. It's good for money. Maybe we'll get used to it when it happens. It is a case of when, not if now for the European Super League. It is a case of when this will happen. It's, it, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. Oh, dear me. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's going to happen because UEFA and FIFA will not ban, they categorically will not ban players and, and whoever from going to World Cups and Euros because they can't afford to. Money talks. They can threaten that as a deterrent. It's not going to work. Because if everyone's going off to play in the European Super League, you're going to be begging those players to play in the World Cup and in the European Championships. You're going to be begging them. No threats are going to work. The European Super League is going to happen whether you like it or not because money is the most important thing in football. Fact. And so it's going to happen. So if we're going to be, if it's going to happen, I want Arsenal to be in it. Yeah. There's no one for me. It'd be ridiculous to protest this by saying that Arsenal, well, we're going to get not going to get involved. Do you realise how much money are being involved in this? Because if the teams that are being invited, Arsenal will be paid upwards of three hundred million pounds to get involved in this Super League. That's the level of money we're talking about. Hundreds of millions if you play in this tournament, if you play in this yearly league. That is the level we're doing. And if you don't do that, if you don't get involved, you miss out on that. It could be the difference between what helps us in the Premier League and the difference between Leicester establishing themselves in that position. Because our owner's not going to invest, is it? This is it's just fact. Um, but we're going to talk about this, as I say, on, on a more kind of uh, separate show. So we'll get there. Uh, Chris P, thank you again for the donation. People need to see it as an unlucky draw. I'm positive with the fight the team had not to lose. Mentality shows consistency, even if results might not be. Doug says, don't we need a decent first team? Yes, we do. We need both, mate. That's why the summer is really, really important. Um, Mark uh, from Oz says, uh, with what VAR is doing, if Super League happens, I might get, I might be done with European football. When the Champions League marquee matches aren't marquee anymore, there's nothing special and we will be absolutely bollocked. Uh, Gary Mullen says, I'm not just saying this because he's got injured, but surely this was a game to start Balogun. If not, why bring him on in the Europa League? I'm with you, mate. It's a criticism that I think is legitimate of Arteta today. Why was Balogun not in the team? Why was Balogun not in the in the in the squad? Not in the starting eleven. I get that, but Inketia, he's going nowhere. He's progressed nothing. He doesn't offer us. He's a man. He's just a man that pops up in the box. Fair play for scoring your goal. It doesn't absolve you of what this season has been. It doesn't absolve you of a lack of development, a lack of progression, and and blocking the path of Balogun. It doesn't absolve that. It's just it's just how I feel. Just how I feel. Rodney says, how many of the people in the squad would you guys actually not listen to offers to? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Yonick says, and where is Aziz? Yeah. I mean, if you've got depth in centre midfield, I'd rather Aziz be given a shot over El Nini right now. I know what I get with El Nini. Aziz offers you a bit more mobility, a bit more progression. We've seen him play. We know he can offer us a lot. He's shown us some really good displays this season. Really, yeah. And our senior players have let us down. We're relying on the kids constantly to really drag us out of this. Why not throw another one in? <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Lose against Fulham. You know, it's ridiculous. 
Uh, have we been missing? I think we've been missing the fluidity of Erdogan and Smith Rowe together. Yeah, um, I really hope that Erdogan is going to be back uh, for Everton. But yeah, we've really, really missed him. Another player that we've been unlucky not to have. Another player. Another one. Ansgar says, I wouldn't sell Xhaka. Neither would I, mate. Neither would I. Uh, Yonek says, he played for the under-18s. The point being that he shouldn't because of the lack of depth in the midfields. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why Aziz wasn't in the squad, mate. He, yeah, maybe because he played. Maybe because he played um, for them. But still, no, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And we should we should be putting these guys in because the senior players have let us down time and time and time again. If you could really drop a like on this video, even though we've had an awful performance, um, I'd appreciate it, guys. I really, really would. Um, We'll be back tomorrow for the pods and we're joined by Tomo and Adam from the Football Terrace to talk about the game, talk about what this means, talk about our situation. Guys, look, we've got how many games left? How many games are remaining in the league now? We've got, I mean, Leeds can overtake us if they beat Liverpool. <laughs> Aston Villa can overtake us quite easily with two games in hand. Um, with three points behind Everton, they got a game in hand. We are miles of where we need to be in the league. But the good news is, guys, is there's six left. That's all we need to survive. Six more league games in this season. This horrific, horrific season is done. It's finished. It's over. And we can focus on August. I'm looking forward to August. I'm looking forward to the transfer window. I'm looking forward to providing you with lots of transfer videos. We are not going to stop. Daily content will continue throughout the summer in the off-season. We will not stop giving you Arsenal content. It is not going to stop. There's not going to be a break. It's going to keep on going. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're here. Make sure you're dropping likes. Make sure you're showing your appreciation. Make sure you're giving the members lots of love in the chat box. And if you want to become one of the TGT gang and help us out with adding extra quality stuff to the channel, like the green screens, like the microphones, like the cameras, like everything else, and make sure you join up and help support the channel as well by clicking that join button next to the subscribe button. Uh, we really appreciate the time you spent tuning in. There's lots of stuff to go watch. Go watch our reactions on Hugh Wizzy's channel. Um, and we've got lots of stuff coming in the week. There's going to be a tactical breakdown on uh, your, um, Yuremchuk, the uh, Ukraine striker that we've been linked to. You see, we go into all depth. Got that ready. We're going to be producing some content on William Saliba this week as well. I've got some interviews, some really good interviews lined up ahead of the Everton game. I'm going to be talking to a couple of journalists. I'm going to be talking to a couple of journalists about Villarreal as well. I'm hoping to get some special guys and guests on for that too. So lots of stuff coming your way. Lots of stuff to look forward to. And hopefully one of the things we can look forward to is this season coming to a close. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys as always. But I'll speak to you again very, very soon. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.